This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. The Gemara Megillah on Dafheyomet Aleph going on to Hamid Beis records a number of unusual practices of Rebbe, Rebbe Yudah Anasi, Rabbi Judah the Prince, the redactor of the Mishnah. The Gemara tells us Rebbe Nata Natia Bepurim. Rebbe planted a tree on Purim. Many people do unusual things on Purim. Planting a tree is typically not one of them. The Gemara even questions, how is he allowed to plant a tree? Are you allowed to do malacha on Purim? And Rebbe went out of his way to do malacha, to plant a tree on Purim. Why would he do that? The Gemara continues, Rebbe purposely, publicly, washed and bathed himself on a wagon in the market of Tzipori on the 17th day of Tammuz. Are you even allowed to do that? There's a question in the Rishonim whether we know Achilo Shesiyah is prohibited on Shavas Tammuz. What about the other Inuyim? Some say it's not permitted and Rebbe went out of his way to, to specifically bathe publicly on the 17th day of Tammuz. And then finally... Rebbe's third practice, and I think a lot of us would endorse this third practice of Rebbe, Ubikesh Lakar Tishabav. Rebbe wanted to uproot Tishabav. And I know you're thinking he has my vote on that one. Rebbe wanted to uproot Tishabav, Veloy Haidulai. The rabbis did not agree with that. So the Gemara explains Rebbe really wanted to uproot Tishabav. Says the Gemara, Amr Lafana, Rebbe Abba Barzavda, Rebbe Loikacha Yamaisa. That's not exactly what happened. It was a year like this year that Tishabov came out on Shabbos. And Rebbe said, you know, once we're pushing it off, let's just get rid of it entirely. And the Chachamim didn't agree, but Rebbe legitimately wanted to get rid of Tishabov. And the first thing we need to ask ourselves, we don't find Ram Gamliel wanted to get rid of Tishabov. We don't find Rabbi Akiva wanted to. Why of all Tanam specifically did Rebbe want to abolish Tishabav? We know the Navi Zechariah prophecies about the four Tanesim, the Tzayim Ravi, the Tzayim Achamishi, the Tzayim Hashvi, the Tzayim Hoasiri, that the day will come that these four fast days will be joyous days, Yomim Tovim. It's very interesting. The Chida points out that the prophecy of Zechariah was already alluded to in the Chumash. Because Klai Yisrael says to Aaron, okay, let's make the golden calf. You want to... So Aaron said, I'll take care of it, but not today. I'll do it tomorrow. And Aaron said, Chag Lashem Machar. Tomorrow will be a festival. What kind of festival? What kind of yomtif? Tomorrow will be a yomtif? It's, it's going to be a great tragedy. It's going to be a fast day. So the Chidah says that Aaron was referring, was the predecessor of the prophecy of Zechariah, that the Tsoim Horavi, the fast of the fourth month, will ultimately be transformed into Sasoin Vesimchal Mayadim Toivim. So Aaron Hakoin was saying, Tomorrow, Yesh Machar Laachar Zman. Sometimes tomorrow means in the far off future. Chag Lashem Machar. In the future, when Mashiach comes, the 17th of Tammuz will be a Yamtif. This prophecy of Zechariah always troubled me. Because of one particular expression. 
Soim Horavii, Vitsoim Achamishi, Vitsoim Ashri, Vitsoim Ashri. Yeah! Not Yeah, Lebase Israel. Not Yeah, Levene Israel. Yeah, Lebase Yehuda. Will be for the house of Yehuda a joyous day. Why for the house of Yehuda? It will only be a joyous day. Mashiach will only be joyous for Beis Yehuda. What about the rest of the Jewish people? What about the Asar Hashvatim? It's not going to be a happy time for them. Why the emphasis on the Beis Yehuda? Okay, I understand that Asar Hashvatim were exiled a hundred years earlier. So the Churbin was more painful for the Beis Yehuda, but why the emphasis on Beis Yehuda? Certainly when these days are transformed, it will be joyous for everybody. In Megillas Rus, Nami tells Rus, here's the plan. You went to Bayaz, you made an advance, you basically insinuated you want to marry him. He told you he's going to let you know soon, but you know how it is in dating. The guy says, I'll get right back to you, I'll get right back. In anything, anytime somebody says, I'll call you right back, that's minimum two weeks. You know, or I'll get back to you soon as three weeks, or I'll think about it as a month, or I'm not really sure means never ask me again, or I have to ask my wife, is don't you dare ask me again. So Nami tells Rus with absolute confidence that you made your advance, Shaviviti, stay here, Adashar Tedon, Echipal Davar. Bayaz will let you know today, as they say in Yiddish, either yes or no, whether he's going to marry you. He's not going to play any games with you. He's not going to hem and haw. He will let you know today, yes or no. What Nami was a Neviah? How did Nami know Bayaz would give an answer today? There are all kinds of complications in this relationship. Can he marry her? She's from Moyav. I know, every time I speak here, it's about, you know, Moyav. But I like the topic. Who says he could ma- he can marry her? There's a closer relative. What about Pliny Almoni? What about Toiv? Maybe he's going to want to marry her. How could Rus be told by Nami definitively, Boyaz will seal the deal Hayoim today? The Medrash tells us something very interesting about Tishabav. These are the words of the Medrash, whatever it means. But the Medrash says, black and white, that there's a momentous, monumental event that transpires on Tishabav, the birth of a renowned personage, maybe the most important person who will ever be. The Medrash says, an individual, Menachim, the consolation, Mashiach, boy, Bayoim, Noilad, Mashiach is born on Tishabav. Bamidbar Rabbah, Parshiyud Gimel, Oisei. Quite a day for Mashiach to be born. I mean, he couldn't have come up with a better day. How did he pick that day? How did he come up with that one? Couldn't pick a better day to be born than Tishabav? Why would Mashiach be born on Tishabav? What's the hashgacha of that? What's the significance of that? Why does God orchestrate it that way? You know, the Gemara tells us in Baba Basra that the positioning of the Kruvim would reflect the relationship that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has with Klal Yisrael. 
The Gemara asks a stero between various Pesukim and the Nevi'im. Are the Kruvim facing each other? Are the Kruvim back to back? So the Gemara says it depends really on how we behave. Bizman When the Klal Yisrael accords himself in the proper way, then the Kruvim are facing each other and they're Ishalachiv. Directly gazing at each other in friendship, in love. And the Gemara says, "Bizman You know, they're basically like a, a, a couple at war. Their backs are to each other. They can't even look at each other. Says the Gemara, the positioning of the Kruvim reflect the relationship between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Knesset Yisrael. So naturally, you would expect that when the Uma Yisraelim entered the Heichal and they went into the Holy of Holies and they pulled the veil of the Paroiches and they saw the Kruvim, we would have expected the Kruvim to have been back to back. And yet the Gemara in Yuma says from a Pasuk in Malachim, not only were the Kruvim not back to back, not only were the Kruvim facing each other, they were embracing each other, intertwined like a man and his beloved. At such a time, clearly we had committed Averois, Sinas Chinam, many other Chatam. If you look through Chazal, Loi Chavro Yishalayim Ella, Loi Chavro Yishalayim Ella, a whole list, a whole litany of Averos that Klai Yisrael committed. I don't think we could have identified a time that Klai Yisrael were in Enois in Return to Makkah more than at the time of the Chorban. Why were the Kruvim embracing each other at the time of the Chorban Beis HaMikdash? So the Bnei Yisachar, Ratsi Elimelech of Dinov quotes one of the early Hasidic masters, Rav Pinchas of Karetz, that conceptually, for the conception of a soul, the status of Mashiach, to, have, to produce such a lofty, elevated, holy soul, you needed a very intense, passionate union. Now there's an interesting human phenomenon that you could have a couple, or a family, and you could visit them, and you don't necessarily see tangibly the love and the emotion that one feels for the other. But you know when the love is really aroused and awakened and engendered? When they have to part from each other. You go to the airport, and spouses, families are hugging, kissing, embracing, crying... As they say, absence makes the heart grow fond. So they could have been together for 40 years and we never saw this level of intensity of emotion. But when they have to separate, that's really what arouses and awakens the emotion between two people who love each other. Says so Pinchas of Karetz, certainly Klal Yisrael at the time of the Chorban were Ein Oisin Ritzayin HaShamakai. But Haloyhu Avicha Kanecha God's our Father. We're banim atem l'ashem We're His beloved children. So He loves us. And at that moment, when God would have to separate from us, where the Yibam was parting from us in a way where it was like the relationship was being severed, it aroused, it awakened such an intensity, such a passion of love 
that there was a connection and a ahava that was nisoyer at the moment of the churban, shaloi haya kamayu me'olam. That there was never such a zivug, so to speak. There was never such an intensity of emotion, of love, of longing, of gaguim, than when the Rebbein Shalom had to withdraw and let the Gentiles destroy the temple. It was at that moment of zivug, Chazal tell us, that a husband has certain marital obligations to his spouse, especially Chayiv Adam Lifgoides Ishtai Bishashu Yoitse Ladarach. When a husband goes on a trip and he leaves his spouse, he has a specific obligation, marital obligation, because she longs for him at that time. So because God was withdrawing to an extent, and we longed for him, and we needed him. He responded with a arousal of love to Klal Yisrael. That is what produced the soul of Mashiach being born on Tishabav. Says the Bnei in the name of Rapinchas of Karatz. So it's very interesting. Tishabav is the most tragic day of the year, but there's something beneath the surface that the withdrawal arouses. It produces and engenders a certain love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Klal Yisrael that's incomparable any other time of the year. But if we study some of the other fast days, we will discover that this similar phenomenon exists on some of the other fast days. Chassam Soifer quotes the Targum, that Rus showed up at the field of Boyaz, Erev Pesach, If you, if you want to bother someone, Arab Pesach is always the best time. Rus has nothing to eat. Imagine, she shows up Arab Pesach. And she stays there. Ad Kalois Katsir Chitim Ukatsir Sa'irim, which is three months, which concludes on the 15th day of Tammuz, says the Chassam Seifer. Nami tells Rus, okay, now make your move. Go to the threshing floor. Tonight, the 16th, lay by his feet, midnight at the threshing floor, and insinuate what you want. And that's what she does. And Bayas says, Stay till the morning. In the morning, Bayas says, Get out of here before anybody comes. But I'll let you know what I'm going to do. And he, she returns to Nami. And Nami says, Shavi Biti, stay my daughter. The man will tell you what to do today. This is the 16th of Tammuz. Says how was Nami confident that Boaz would make his decision today? That's because that evening begins Shiva Asabha Tammuz. And Shiva Asabatamaz is Reya Mazle Lebeis Yehuda. It's a very dark time for the house of Yehuda. That's the time of the Chorben Bayis, especially for the Malchus Beis David. Not so much for the Asar Sashvatim. They were exiled at a completely different occasion. But for the Beis Yehuda, the three weeks is a very tragic time. He's not going to want to marry you tomorrow. After all, Minog Yisrael is we don't get married during the three weeks, and there's a reason for that. Because it's Reya Mazle Lebeis Yehuda. 
I am confident that if the man will marry you, it will be today. And sure enough, Chassam Soifer says, he proposed to her that day before the onset of the Shloisha Shavuos, the onset of the three weeks. And that night, the night of Shavuos or Batamos, Boyaz consummated the marriage. And by the morning he was dead. But Rus had conceived. Oyved, the progenitor of Malchus based David, like the Mashiach that's born on Tishabav, Oyved was conceived on Shavasabatamas. How interesting. So on the surface, it's Reya Mazle. But when you dig a little bit beneath the surface, there's a certain latent potential of redemptive quality during this time of the year. And I happened to discover, in the writings of Rabbi Yonason Ibishitz, who says if Mashiach is born on Tishabav, it was probably a quick job, which means it was a leda lemekutayim, which means that it was a seven-month job, which means that his mother conceived Mashiach seven months earlier from the ninth of Av, which is the tenth of Teves, Asar Teves. So, from three different places, we discover that the tragic days of the year, Tishabav, Asar B'Teves, Shavasar on the surface they seem tragic, and they are. But when you dig a little deeper, you know that there's an idea that all Kedusha is covered with a klipa, a shell, whatever that means exactly. The ois bris kodesh, the bris milah, is coated with an arla. When the Jewish people entered the land of Israel, it was protected, it was coated by a, the 31 kings, by a molek. There's always a coating over Kedusha that you need to peel away, but in the center of it is a certain latent Kedusha and redemptive quality that you could access. Nei Saskar points out that throughout Shas, Rebbe is always looking to defend David HaMelech. The Gemara has a discussion. Did David sin? Did David not sin? The Gemara says, Kala Oimer David chata elataya. Anyone who criticizes David is making a big mistake. Kala Oimer chata elataya. Who's coming to the advocacy of David? Rebbe! Not Rebbe Akiva, not Rabbi Tarfain. Why Rebbe? What does Rebbe have with David? Says the Gemara Marav, Rebbe Demi based David Kaasi. Rebbe came from David Amelach. He was a scion of Davidic dynasty. So Rebbe is always coming to defend King David. So Rebbe is the one who says, Kalaimer David Chatein Alataya. So Rebbe's part of the family. He's part of the Davidic family. There's an interesting Yushalmi, I believe it's quoted in Yardea in, in the Mechaber. Yushalmi says that if someone passes away in the family, Yidagu kol everyone in the family should be concerned. The mashal the Yushalmi gives is to a pile of rocks, a pile of stones, and one of them is removed, the whole pile becomes wobbly, becomes unstable. But says the Yushalmi, Noilad ben Zachar Nisrapa Kol When a baby boy is born, 
The whole family is cured. Last night I went to pay a shiva call. Somebody was sitting shiva, had a baby boy during the shiva, Shalom Zachar during the shiva. It's a great nechama. Noilad ben Zachar nesrapakon meshvacha. Says the Bnei Yisachar, Rebbe came from David's family. When Tishabov comes, Rebbe is margish. He has a certain spiritual sensation. Mashiach is born today. His family is cured. Let's get rid of Tishabov. Nobody else senses it. Nobody else connects with it to the level of Rebbe because Rebbe's part of the family. Rebbe mibes rimbeis David kaasi. Perhaps we could suggest that's why Rebbe planted a tree on Purim. Because the Gemara later down on the page asks, what kind of tree is Rebbe planting? The Gemara says, Avarnaki Shemalachem, a tree of kings. Why is Rebbe planting a tree of kings? You know, as much as everyone loves Purim, I think that there's somebody who's a little bit uncomfortable on Purim. You know, there's an interesting observation I think I once saw it in Rav Shechter Sefer, Eretz Tzvi, from the Toysus Rid and Sukkah, that all the brachos in Shemayna Esrei have a piyot, a kroivitz on Purim, except for Es Tzemach David. So the Rishonim say, because we were Sholayim, and Es Tzemach David is really one bracha. It was originally one bracha. But Rav Pinchas of Karat says, the reason why there's no kroivitz for Purim, for Es Tzemach David, is because David doesn't really love Purim. Because Purim is the day of Shaul, of Shevet bin Yamin, that Shaul, King Shaul was redeemed. He was, he was taken off the hook for not killing Amalek. And when Shaul is redeemed, it, David is not that comfortable on that day. Some say the reason why we don't say Hallel on Purim, even though the Gemara doesn't say this, is because Hallel was David's praise for Hashem when he became Melech. But Purim is the day of Shaul. So David doesn't celebrate Purim. So Rebbe's getting a little nervous on Purim. Shaul is having his day, as we know. Mordechai tells Esther, Adu You're going to go down if you don't eradicate Haman. So okay, we bailed Shaul out. But David says, leave me out of this day. Don't give me any kravitz on Purim. So Rebbe, who comes from the house of Rebbe, Rebbe, who comes from the house of David, he plants a tree of Melachim. Meaning, you want to celebrate Purim? Fine. But don't forget who sovereignty belongs to. That belongs to our family. That belongs to the Davidic dynasty. So that's the second practice of Rebbe related to establishing Malchus. And it's suggested... Rebbe Rachatz Bekroina Shel Tzipoiri Beshiva Asar Batamas. What does Rachatz mean? Literally bathed. But it could be interpreted homiletically, as we say in Bruch Shemei, Be Anorachitz, in him I trust. Rebbe Rachatz, Rebbe trusted. Bekroina, in the glory, Shel Tzipoiri. The Zayar says that Sipar always refers to Mashiach. Rebbe had faith in the ultimate redemption, Beshiva Asar It's interesting. 
the parsha that we read preceding Shivasabatamas is Parsha's Balak. And Balak, he's by Yosha Hamidbar Panov. He's looking, the Targum says, he's always focused on the Chet Egel. Because of course, the Chet Egel happened on Shiva Asabatamos. So naturally, we're going to read about Parshas Balak in the days before Shiva Asabatamos. Balak's trying to capitalize on Shiva Asabatamos. But Balak is like the Klippa. He's like the outer shell. Because dormant in Balak, Ben Sipar, a reference to Mashiach, is the Malchus based David that lays dormant in Balak. The Maral writes, Koirach has a kuf in the beginning. He started off with Kedusha. He started off as a good guy. He soured. Chukas has a kuf in the middle. You have a guy, he's a good guy, he's Tahar. He's ta- he became Tomei. We sprinkle the ashes of the Paraduma, so he, Kedusha is in the middle, the Maral says. But that guy who becomes Tar, he renders Tameh the person who sprinkled on him. So in Chukas, the Kuf's in the middle. In Balak, he's not really a great guy. The Kuf's is always all in the end. Because ultimately the Gemara says in the Zechus that Balak brought 42 Karbanois, Zacha, Vyatsvimena, Machas based David. So Balak is the outer shell, he's the Arla, he's the Klipa. But Rebbe's part of the family. And Rebbe wants to abolish Tishavah because that's the day of the birth of Mashiach. And Rebbe senses that on Purim he has to establish the monarchy for the Malchus based David. The Rebbe Rachatz Bekroina Shaltzipoiri Beshiva Asar Batamas. Rebbe had faith that on the 17th day of Tammuz, even though right now it's a tragic day, he had faith in the prophecy of Zechariah, Tzoyim Haravi, Tzoyim HaChamishi, Tzoyim HaShvi, Tzoyim HaAsiri. Yes, will be for all the Jewish people, but Yeh LeBeis Yehuda, more than anyone else, the Beis Yehuda sense the redemptive quality of the Malchus Beis David in this time of the year, more even than the rest of the Jewish people. May we all be zoichet to see very soon the fruition of this nevuah. Yia lebeis Yehuda lasasen ulasimcha ulamayadim toivim v'ha'emes v'ha'shalayim ehavu v'biyas kal tzedek m'her v'yaminu. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.